0: baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is the 12th day of October 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this in the Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin. And just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the now-eliminated San Francisco Giants. Well, you know, folks, I've gotten some people who have complained that I talk too much about the Red Sox and I talk too much about the Giants. And if that's been your stance with me, well, let me tell you, this has got to be a happy day for you. Because, well, as we know, the uh, the Red Sox were eliminated yesterday. And, you know, they kind of just went out with a little bit of a whimper. And today, I'm uh, recording this, the Giants went out in a spectacular blaze of glory. You know, for a team where we knew exactly what the damn problem with this team was. We knew no one there was no mystery about what this team. What's going on with this team? Do, do the Giants have an Achilles heel? The Giants have an Achilles heel. And the Achilles heel, of course, was the bullpen. The bullpen all year long has been an issue for the San Francisco Giants. It was an issue on the great game the other day the Joe Panic game it was an issue that day Sergio Romo came in and coughed up the home run that ricocheted off the top of the car we we there's no mystery to this team. they're a team that has very good pitching some hitting that's you know was streaky and their bullpen was a calamity they blew three hundred saves this year I think that may be accurate. <clears throat> I think if their bullpen, if their closer situation was mediocre, they would have won 90 games. And we had a situation where the Giants were setting up for what was going to be one of the truly dramatic games of of the postseason. Because think about what was on the line. Matt Moore allowed two hits over eight innings. Now... I will say there is a lot of consternation about should they let Matt Moore come out to pitch in the ninth. He threw so many pitches in a way, I I don't have a problem with that. And I don't have a problem that Bochy said, I'm just going to mix and match. I'm just going to completely mix and match and just try to find three outs that way. Um, I, I think he was a little quick with the hook, you know, when Law let up the leadoff hit that was through the shift. I, I mean, the idea of going to Lopez right away, just have him face another batter. Because there was that sense of when no one could retire in a, a batter, there was a sense of panic and not the Joe kind, but the kind that ends in a C with this Giants team. And you can kind of get the sense of, oh, no, is this happening? Is this happening? And it happened. Absolutely, it happened. Now, if the Giants were able to hold on to a damn three-run lead in the ninth inning, this is what would have been set up day after tomorrow, or whatever the hell it is, Thursday. You would have had a day game between Washington and Los Angeles. And don't worry, I'm going to get to that in a second. And then you would have a night game between the Giants and the Cubs. It would have been a rematch of that wonderful game one between Cueto and Lester. And think about what would have been on the line. There would have been no pressure on the Giants, zero pressure on the San Francisco Giants because they've won three championships their last title was in Obama's second administration. Cubs, of course, since Teddy Roosevelt and blah, 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 blah. You would have had Johnny Cueto against Leicester. You would have had the tightening of the proverbial baseball sphincters going on in Chicago, going, oh, crap. This was the year we were supposed to win it all. Are we not even going to get out of the division series? And To see that situation where a Cubs team that I have not been rooting for and I've not been shy in talking about how I'm not rooting for them, but seeing that team really up against the wall against a Giants team with no pressure on them and a legit Cy Young contender on the mound against another Cy Young contender, that would have been... No matter what the outcome, they would have shown the Cubs' medal or would have kept the curse alive. Whatever would have happened, just the buildup to that game would have been nothing short of spectacular. Instead, we have this. And we have Chapman being happy on the mound. We know what I think about that. And I look at this Giants team and look it. I picked them to win the World Series at the beginning of the year because I thought they were going to win the division. I did not think their closest situation would be this calamitous. And my thought process was, I thought they were going to win the division, and I thought I would pick them in a short series against anybody. Um, Think how close this was to a Giants three-game-to-one series victory. They lost that first game, won nothing. And they had a three-run lead to protect this. Just a few things bounced here or there, and the Giants are in the National League Championship Series right now. And I had things dance in my head of, wouldn't a Giants-Dodgers NLCS be really cool? I've been wanting to see that for a while. Wouldn't a Giants versus Dusty NLCS be pretty cool but we see the cubs in and i saw that some people tweeting this is redemption for roldis chapman now i know they're referring to his blown save last night but it still makes me sick to my stomach that even the possibility of that being a narrative in this october is is still out there and i want to address uh well two people I'm address obviously i'm gonna address someone a little later um, that you're probably expecting because it's Tuesday, and I'm going to bring up Cubs fan with an eight. Yes, Cubs fan with an eight. I know you're happy. Your Cubs are going on, and the Rob Paravonians and the Bonnie Hunts, everyone I know who are big time Cub fans. I, I appreciate that your your happiness. I want to address one thing with Chapman. Um, I, I someone wrote to me. Where the hell is this tweet? Someone wrote to me a uh, an interesting tweet. Um, but uh, uh, Mike, uh, oh, it says his, his tw- Twitter handle is Prazmaster. Uh, I said the Giants acquired uh, Rangers acquired former Brewers closer Jeremy Jeffries at the deadline, who was arrested in August for a, a DUI. It's entirely possible he'd been on the mountain. For the World Series clinching game of the Rangers, what makes him different than Chapman? That's a great question. And driving under the influence is a terrible thing and something that needs to be cracked down on and something that I think is poo-pooed and sort of like, ah, oh, you're just drunk, you know, just buzzed or whatever it is. It's a terrible thing. Horrible things happen when you drive drunk. You're stupid if you drive drunk. You're a, you're just an ignorant, stupid person. Especially if you're a baseball player, you're a millionaire. Call Uber, call Lyft, call a cab. It's a stupid thing. And yes, it and uh, Jeremy Jeffries is an idiot and stupid and could have caused irreparable damage. The one thing I find worse. About domestic violence, whether it's physical violence, whether it's stalking, whether it's psychological violence, and what Chapman did involving a gun. And this may sound nitpicky, but to me it's not. There's a difference between being stupid and being bad. You are, if you are committing an act of domestic violence, You are a bad person who is doing something with intentional malice towards another human being. There is nothing accidental about this. This is a pathological state of mind and behavior that is irreversible. Now believe me that it is no You should not be proud when I say, hey, this is not as bad as domestic violence. It's terrible. Driving under the influence is terrible. It's stupid. But something where the intent is to control someone, to abuse someone, to make someone less, to create irreparable damage to a human being for the purpose of your own power, to me... I personally find that to be worse. If you don't, that's, that's a matter of opinion, and I will respect your, ma- your, respect your point of view on that. But that, to me, it may sound nitpicky, but that is the difference in my eyes. Now, Cubs fan with an eight wrote to me, is the Giants' terrible second half and early exit from the playoffs just a glitch or an end of an era? I keep thinking this era is over. I thought it was over after 2012. When the Giants won the wild card in 2014, I was telling Giant fans, hey, you won the wild card, and feel good that this is the greatest and most beloved Giants team of all time. I didn't expect them to win the World Series in 2014. They went on and did it. So I thought they were over two years ago. Now there are there is some young blood, and Ty Block is could be a great pitcher, and then and Cueto is still going to be there. There's still going to be a good team next year, especially if Block turns into a quality pitcher. Then you could have Bumgarner, Cueto, and Block. You could still have Crawford. You could still have Panic. Still have Posey, but you're going to have to find. You know, their their outfield's going to get long in the tooth. Span was a great addition. You don't know how much longer I mean, he's got gray in his beard. You don't know how many more years you can get out of Pence. This is a team that very well may be at the end of a tremendous run. Even though they didn't go far this year. Think about it. They didn't go far, but they still gave Giant fans two of the greatest postseason victories you ever experienced. The wildcard game against the Mets was a classic. And the game against... Uh, the, the, the Joe Panic walk-off game was a classic. Hell, the two losses were classics. The 1-0 game against Cueto and the meltdown today. I mean, this was for... They only played five postseason games, and four of them were pull-your-hair-out classics. So, is it the end? They're going to have to see how the youth movement works. I wouldn't expect much more. And Giant fans, look it. If you went into this... My, my voice is breaking. If you went into this decade say hey, you're going to have four trips to the playoffs, three of them are going to result in world championships, uh, you know, check please. You take it. The even-year thing, look at If they had won, now, 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 for those of you, if they had won today and gone to Chicago with Cueto on the mound, admit it. That whole even-year thing would get kind of spooky. But... It's not, and the series is over. And what that means now, think about who's left. Los Angeles, Washington, Chicago, Cleveland, Toronto. None of those teams have won the World Series since the wild card was invented. In fact, only one of those teams have even been in a World Series since the advent of the wild card, and that's Cleveland. When Cleveland is your standard bearer for recent success, that's kind of weird. Washington, that franchise hasn't been to the World Series ever. They were the Expos, now they're the Nationals. And the city of Washington hasn't seen a World Series since 1933, and haven't seen a championship since 1924. The, the Blue Jays won the back-to-back World Series in 92 and 93, haven't been to the World Series since. The Dodgers haven't been to the World Series since the Kirk Gibson home run in 1988. The, who else I who say? The Cubs, obviously we just went through that, 1908, 1945. And the Indians were in the World Series in 1995 and 1997, They came, they had the lead in the bottom of the ninth of game seven of the World Series in '97, and we all know what happened then. So, what this means with the elimination of the San Francisco Giants is this that a seminal moment is going to happen, a moment that is going to be the greatest for a generation is going to happen. It's not going to be a team with recent titles like the Red Sox and like the Giants. What we saw last year with the Kansas City Royals, after going back-to-back trips to the World Series and finally winning it, is you saw a fan base who thought, maybe we may never see a championship, get their championship, and have it be this incredible moment. It was a remarkable moment for Kansas City and their fans who thought, maybe am I never going to see it happen? And they did. Now, the Royals didn't make it to the playoffs this year. I think they will be a competitive team next year. But even if they're not, that franchise's fan base is going to have something they can cling to for the rest of their lives. And the people who embrace the the... The Brett Saberhagen, George Brett, Willie Wilson, Frank White, Charlie Lee Brandt, Dan Quisenberry, uh, Buddy Biancolada, 1985 Royals have, you know, were able to embrace a new team. And young fans who kept hearing about the old teams, like, oh, enough of the old team. I want my own team, have theirs that they can hold to their bosom. If you are a Dodger fan, you have heard nothing except all the titles, whether it's Koufax and Drysdale and the Valenzuela and the Hershiser, And since then, you've had a galaxy of stars, including Mike Piazza, including Manny Ramirez, and now including Clayton Kershaw. And without a title, without a trip to the World Series since the 80s to show for it, to have, no, this is our championship. Blue Jay fans waking up after those years of being, you know, a dormant franchise. And enough of the Joe Carter homer. Enough of the Robbie Alomar and Dave Winfield double. Enough of it. Enough of it. Well, guess what? To have your championship with Donaldson, with Encarnacion, with Batista, and with the free agency looming that could break up that team and turn Toronto back into one of the elite franchises and the big market franchise then, of course, the Indians, of course, there's a little bit of the juice has been removed from that with the Cavaliers winning. But then to suddenly have the Cavaliers win and have the Indians win as well, to have Cleveland truly be a city of champions and to have the failures of you know, the coming short of all those years finally come to fruition, Washington, you know, pointed out the terrible run that Washington sports has had recently to have a championship there to have a baseball championship which hasn't happened since before the musical damn Yankees was made which was about the Washington senators winning the pennant and needing a deal with the devil to make it happen you got to have heart indeed and of course the Cubs One of those fan bases is going to have the moment that they've been waiting for. So Red Sox fan, 2004, we can't shut up about it. White Sox fans in 2005. I got news for you. I've met my share of Angel fans. What 2002 meant, what 2008 meant, not just for Philly fans, but for Philadelphia sport fans in general who hadn't seen a championship since Dr. J and Moses Malone. Now, say what you want about Philadelphia fans and, and you know, what people think about them or what you, whatever, it's Silver Lining Playbook and booing Santa Claus. There are a ton of great Philly fans, ton of them. Most of them live in Delaware. But still, what that meant is that, oh, you have a championship. Ain't that cool? Ain't that cool? And when the Cardinals finally won with Pujols and all them, for the younger generation fans who are tired of hearing about Ozzy, tired of hearing about Bob Gibson and usual, no, we've got a title. Sometimes you got to think of if you want those younger fans, you have to give them something to latch on to. And there's going to be a championship won in 2016. That that fan base will say, this was the year I've waited my whole life for. And it's strange for me to say that, especially since one of those teams is a team that won the World Series while I was in college. But keep in mind the rule of seven. If you're new to the River Sully, the rule of seven means that I don't believe that you really start to follow Sports and and have concrete sports memories until you're around seven years old Well, the Blue Jays won the World Series last 23 years ago So considering the rule of seven if you are a Blue Jay fan and you're 30 years old or younger a Blue Jays title will be the one you've waited your whole life for and Keep in mind. That's the most recent of the current Teams that are still in it. Every fan base of every team I just said who's 30 years or younger have been waiting their whole life for this. Their whole life for this moment. And for that, as a Red Sox fan whose favorite nationally team is the Giants, I really can't whine too much. In a couple of weeks, it's going to be my fourth anniversary of doing this every single day. In that time, I will have covered five World Series. 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, and this year. The first three were won. 2012 was won by the Giants. 2013 was won by the Boston Red Sox, my team. 2014 was won by the Giants. I've had an embarrassment of riches for my team. Yes, I wanted to see a Red Sox-Giants World Series But I acknowledge I'm the only one who wanted to see that. I'm not going to get it. The Red Sox gave me a lot of pleasure this year. The Giants gave me some ups and downs and a couple of truly memorable playoff games. uh, I guess tomorrow, Washington is going to play Los Angeles. I really don't have a dog in that fight. I could see myself rooting for Washington. I could see myself rooting for L.A. I want it to be a great, great game. And with that, I hope they beat the Cubs. I want the World Series to be the Indians versus either the Nationals or the Dodgers. I have a feeling it's going to be Cubs-Blue Jays because that's the way this postseason has been unfolding. Uh, Who owned October? Um, Boy, it really should have been Matt Moore, should it? Shouldn't have? I mean, seriously. Oh, man. If Boach had brought out Bumgardner to close the game, how ama- the place would have gone bananas. Anyway, he didn't. Season's over. Uh, who owned October? It really pains me to say this, but I got to say it. I don't like the guy. I think he's a punk, but her oldest Chapman did. You know, Woo has to be fair, and he did for closing out the series. Uh, Adrian Gonzalez got on base twice, including a big home run. Kershaw struck out 11 in less than seven innings. Uh, the bullpen allowed some inherited runners for him to score and, and made his line a little uglier, but he pitched a, he pitched well, and the Dodgers wound up winning that game. And Zobris got the key double that really messed up the Giants in that ninth inning. Uh, half woos, Connor Gillespie, great game. Great game. Matt Moore, great game. Great game. Daniel Murphy, great game. Those are the three best performers, and they get half woos because of how I do this. Go to sollybaseball.com, like me on Facebook. Check out the up to date listings of Who Owns October by MLBreports.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud. I'm on Instagram at Sully Baseball podcast. You can be old school, send me an email, info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Coley. This has been the Solid Baseball Daily Podcast. What the hell day is it? It's the 12th day of October 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Here we go. You can call me Sullivan.